Talofa lover and welcome to The Link Up. Today's episode is titled The Way of the Song and I have a wonderful special guest for you guys. Her name is Mema Wilder and she is the literal epitome of a punk rock Samoan princess. I am so excited <laughs> to get into all things musical and singing with her, but we're also going to be talking about ADHD and dyslexia, which are some of the things she's had to navigate in her own life. So without further ado, welcome, Mima. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so good to have you on the podcast and thank you so much for being willing to share your story um, and some of your experiences, especially because we don't really talk about dyslexia and ADHD right. as someone's. Um, right. But before we get into that, do you want to share with our viewers a bit about yourself, your background, your history, where you come from? In Samoa? Ah, sure. Um, lava. I am Mema. Um, my full name is Vaimoana Tu Mema Sisinga. I was born and raised in Samoa. And um, I started pursuing music as a teenager, maybe around 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, moved to New York a bit and then back to Samoa. And now I'm here in New Zealand. I'm based here now. Yay, amazing. And uh, growing up in Samoa, obviously with the type of sound you have and the type of music you like to pursue. What was that like, um, considering our more traditional heritage from our cultural land? Um, Music-wise, I think every Samoan is sort of like brought up in the church. So like music was always a part of life. Absolutely. It's it's, it's almost mandatory Mm. to be a part of choirs and things like that, mm. all a part of the church, of course. And um, we had certain radio stations in Samoa, and I think I was more influenced around the rock station because it was Rock FM. Yeah. Uh, that was all, like, thanks to Corey Kyle and, like, um, Radio Polynesia in Samoa. They were kind of the ones that sort of pushed out that type of music, and I was sort of influenced around there. Right. And, yeah, I kind of grew up that way. <laughs> awesome. And before we get into more about your musical history, uh, what was it like? Because I remember you telling me that you were diagnosed with ADHD and um, dyslexia later on in life. Yeah. So you had your mom- your light bulb moments a lot later um, of, oh, this is why I'm the way I am. Okay, explains this explains lot. the energy. Um, but what was it like growing up not being diagnosed, uh, coming from a family of academics? What was that like for you? Oh, it was really challenging for sure. I mm. think I was more in that sort of... I sort of boxed myself in a, a place of feeling completely stupid, actually. Right. I mean, I hate to say that word, mm. but that, that's sort of how your young mind places itself. Mm. It was really difficult to sort of absorb information and keep them or even focus on information. Right. And all the while, you know, my parents would be like, it's not difficult. Every other child above you has done it. Like, yeah. what's so hard? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying. Right. And then, like, later on, I guess, coming to New Zealand, I was like, something is not right. You know, yeah. I can't focus. I I was trying so hard to figure out what was wrong. And mm. then 
they were like, oh, well, you know, well, I had some counseling mm. done. And all the while, you know, you're sort of venting to a counselor because they kind of expect you to talk about everything from, yes. from scratch to kind of figure out what's up with you. Yeah. And all the while he was taking notes on, uh, there was no subject in closure of our conversations. Right. There was always, you know, ooh, what's that? Ooh, yeah. what's that? Mm -hmm. You know, easily distracted with things. And the information that was given to me, I twisted all the numbers backwards yeah. as to how I found out I was very dyslexic too. Because <laughs> I'm like, you read, you read something that says yeah. like, I don't know, I don't know, complicated. I might look at the word once, look away, and went calculator. Right. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. So, it, and it's funny because, like you said, being dyslexic, you see words back to front. Sometimes they don't make sense, which is why I, even now, like, I'll call you directly or I'll leave <laughs> you a voice message as opposed to texting you. <laughs> Because Thank I don't you. want you to like have to read my messages, try to get through them for hours and be like, it's just a sentence. And I'm like, and I've discovered that's a lot easier because then that, I'll get a response. That, that definitely is is one of the main reasons why I, find I just barely ever respond to anything. Like yeah. I'll be like procrastinating that business. Like yeah. I'll, I'll jump in, read it and I'll be like, I'll get to it later. And then like ADHD jumps in at the same time and yeah. procrastinates, yeah. you know, and every time I'm like. Because it's speeding but doing nothing productive in the <laughs> midst of it. <laughs> and I think even like when it comes to having to do normal tasks that other people take for granted, like, you know, personal admin or reading something like a text message, a sentence on a text message, it becomes a lot more difficult for someone who has dyslexia because the way we can read something on a page looks absolutely different to you <laughs> and it's everywhere so what was that like like you said you felt like you're stupid using your words even though I know you're not <laughs> at all you're so bright and so intelligent and articulate Stop. I love even your music it's so poetic and metaphorical so for me I'm just like you're not stupid at all but I can understand growing up without having been diagnosed, not understanding. How did that make you feel? Ooh, well, yes. I, uh, maybe I felt a little less equal to everybody. I think right. a lot of the times, and this is a hack I did when I was young because I, I, I really didn't want to piss off my parents, mm. and I was running on big competition here. Yeah. I mean, Sisters and brothers were just really amazing at mm. everything. And um, I had this thing where I would turn all my textbook notes into music. Like right. I songed a whole science textbook and passed all of chemistry. Right. I turned the whole, um, what was it? The table. Um, the uh, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But I, I I'm not scientific like, at I all. I like hydrogen. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. And I'm like yeah. singing everything. And then with an examination, I just pick out familiar words and then I'll just be like, this is it, this is that, this yeah. is that. So I like develop this weird, it's like a memory bank mm. using song to remember information. Right. <laughs> so like, so now if I hear a song once or twice, I've, I'll remember all the lyrics. Right. And I would only like mess up my own lyrics because I'm overthinking myself in the situation. But that's amazing, that, and that that in itself <laughs> is like magic. A really cool skill that 
I don't think a lot of people would have. How did you pass science? And I was like, I sung the textbook in my head. (laughs) I love that though. What were you singing to Superman? (laughs) It was a Superman theme. (laughs) But that's awesome because you adapted and you found a way to move forward and to navigate these hardships in an out of the box type of thinking and a uh, type of way of thinking and it enabled you to do like to pass and to do the stuff you needed to do and this was without you knowing right yeah. this was without you knowing you had ADHD <laughs> this was without you knowing that you had dyslexia so what has it been like since getting that diagnosis and actually having Oh, this is why I'm yeah. the way I am. What was that like? <laughs> Honestly, it was like Christmas birthdays and all the celebrations slapped in one box. And I was like, wow. I was so happy. I called up my mom and I was like, mom, guess what? I have ADHD and dyslexia. And they told me and that explains so much. And she's like, wanga me. So typically mom likes on mummy. If you had just worked hard, studied hard, but you're kind of like inside internally, I was just like, ah, I could breathe. Like it makes sense. It makes sense. And I'm like, I'm not crazy. And that that would have, like you said, it made you feel like you could breathe. Yeah. And it made you feel what, like more normal or just it didn't make me feel normal but it definitely definitely made me understand why I was the way I was like it sort of fit every criteria of where I started questioning my own purpose because I would be sitting there going I am so unworthy like what is the purpose of life I'm trying so hard and it's just to no avail and especially with parental expectations or family expectations and you're kind of like I'm not meeting these expectations and I'm trying so hard and you know to I think for a normal person to stand outside and look at it they're not seeing what's happening in there yeah and I when I got the diagnosis I actually thought hang on that this makes all the sense in the world Mm. like I don't feel too bad anymore yeah and and given that there are more people like that out there Mm. you're kind of like hang on I'm not alone, stupid. <laughs> There's a gang of us. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'll tell you that's so offensive. But you know, it, that's it. that's yeah. that's the internal like <laughs> the internal monologue. The internal, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's how I was narrating my inside at the moment. Yeah, I felt less alone. Yeah, and and, and it helps. That's amazing. And I think even in, you know, even your mum's reaction, <laughs> like how normal is that for our Absolutely. Polynesian cultures, Absolutely. right? Where it's like, <laughs> what is that? Like, or it's like, nah, you're just crazy. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And like, it's it's so easy for them to toss it out like yeah. that, you know, like there's, there's a standard and the standard is so high that I think a, a lot of kids in Samoa now is are, are just running in this thought. Yes. You know, what's wrong with me? I'm going mm. crazy because, you know, they're not being seen. They're not being diagnosed with these, you know, mental illnesses or however you may call yeah. it. Um, and it does really affect them, yeah, you know, growing totally. up and it molds them. Well, I'm very glad that it, you know, I wasn't diagnosed so young. Otherwise, I wouldn't be who I am now yeah I mean I would probably be running around 
cocky as hell going it's not me it's this <laughs> blame it on my ADD baby <laughs> alongside that that you know those very bad negative self-talks that mm. you have about being unworthy or not you know being able to get up to the standards that you are expected to be in and you know when you have sort of music which is funny because I sort of vented out in the sense of listening to a lot of heavy metal mm. um like I couldn't I couldn't express anger outside on a general basis right. that I had to internalize a lot of things but mm -hmm. listening to a lot of metal just kind of was, was very therapeutic mm -hmm. for me it wasn't even noisy at all it kind of felt like well as my mom would say satan's music or noisy it's too noisy <laughs> like yeah. anything noisy satan's music and in my head <laughs> i'm like i love jesus but this is the only time i can quiet my mind it's right. when the music is really really loud i could focus on every tiny detail right amidst the noise and it sort of quiets my mind yeah and i don't know and i think and then having to apply that to absorbing information right. was sort of the only way I could get by without feeling too like <laughs> I can't do it you know it was it was like yeah so music was definitely wow helpful yeah for sure. totally um so since we're on this tangent of your music let's talk about what that was like when you're younger and um, traveling for music and how that became such a huge part of your life. Um, okay. Um, when I was 17-ish, uh, 18, I was um, playing guitar for and writing songs for this TV show that was happening in Samoa. Mm. And the lady who was running the TV show was like, she shut down the show after like 10 seasons, or mm. not seasons, um, series. It was like, a series of 10 yeah. shows within one season. And um, she was going back to New York City and she was like, you little lady there, like I could see you're writing a bunch of new stuff every week for this show. I think you ought to meet some people in the States that I are, I'm friends with mm. and um, we could see where you could go from there. Mm. So we went to New York City um, and then I linked up with her friend's husband, Peter Asher. He's... Um, from an old duo called Peter and Gordon. They, uh, Peter Asher, Sir Peter Asher is, he was, a, well, he is, he produced one of um, the Beatles albums. Wow. And so he flew me into Los Angeles just to do some recordings and things like that mm. and was sort of managing me at the time. Right. And um, he passed me on to a producer called Rick Rubin who would then wrote up a contract for me to take home and yeah. well I wasn't gonna go home but I was like really homesick yeah <laughs> the space muffin incident happened <laughs> so <laughs> Peter and I went to um Tommy Chong's house party yeah. um this is a man called Tommy Chong from a tv show called Chichen Chong right and um they're quite popular for having to have cannabis on their show right like, you know they're kind of all about it and at their house they were like serving these face muffins yeah. and when I was there because I don't know what the music industry was like at the time I didn't right. understand too much but they did put me on a vegetarian diet right which is very foreign to a Samoan child yes uh, 
barely ate my vegetables at home. You know, we had right. like all these nice like yeah. everything yeah. wasn't there. Yeah. And so And now you're you know, eating rabbit food. And I like <laughs> I'm like eating like trees and things and then like in this party and I saw a tray of muffins and I was like, ooh, muffins. Yeah. I took three of those muffins, gobbled them down <laughs> before my manager could see me. <laughs> So and, then, and, and you I, had no idea what a space I, muffin was. I, it, it tasted funny, and I was like, "It's probably vegetarian, but it's chocolate, so yep. I'm down. I'm good." And then, like maybe an hour or so later, like it took a little while. Like I had a jam. I just sort of mingled with yeah. everybody, and then like it hit me, and it hit me really strong. And it was like this huge wave that just smacked. Yeah. And this beautiful lady that was standing there suddenly looked really funny. Like there was yeah. nothing funny about her. She was yeah. definitely very gorgeous. Yeah. And just my head created funny scenarios right. about you know her breaking a heel or just you know just her doing something funny. And this is you being on the, uh, the under, influence when of the this hit. Cannabis I, space muffin. When the space muffin said you had me no idea what I it was no at the time. <laughs> And I was laughing so hard, but you know when you're laughing so hard and not knowing why, that yeah. awareness hit my head and I started to cry and laugh at the same time. Right. But it was like a horrible laugh, a laugh that I couldn't yeah. get rid of. Yeah. And you know, first instincts was call dad. Yeah. I need to call my dad. Something yeah. is wrong. I ran outside and I called my dad and I was like, Dad, something is wrong with me. I don't know what is wrong with me. <laughs> and crying yeah. at the same time. And he was like, did you drink anything? I was like, no, I didn't. And he's like, do you eat anything? I ate muffins. And then he was like, yeah. it's probably that. And he was very, uh, of course, every father at that time was like red alert. Get yeah. home ASAP, yeah. you know, and halfway across the world. And I try to play it off cool. Yeah. And I thought, I called my dad the next day and I was like, I'm absolutely fine. But then he was already going through that. Right. No, he no, was already like, no, she needs to come back She home. needs to come back. If nobody's yep. telling her this stuff, there's another thing she's going to do that's probably going to yep. kill her. Yeah. And so like. Which is very. Which is, it's fair. Like it's that fair. is very fair. <laughs> Considering you were alone so far from family. <laughs> And your parents had entrusted these people. And, and everyone was stranger danger at yes. the time. So, like, you know, for sure. And um, maybe a day or so after that, I I asked Peter and told him that I needed to go see family. And I had to go to Oregon to see my mom's sister. Mm. She, she lives in Oregon. And hung out there for, like, a week. And then they were like, come back, get your contract maybe go for a visit to Samoa yeah. and get mom and dad to sign it. Because mm. um, you're still a minor at this time. I mean, we could have, well, emailed it over. Yeah. And um, But my dad said to go home. And I was like, my dad's really mad. He's going to fly here yeah. and drag me by my hair into the plane yeah. if you guys are not going to send me home. <laughs> yeah. So, like, <laughs> I flew home with this, like, good news, dad. I got a contract. <laughs> He tore that thing up. Like, no, there was no, not even looking at no it. No discussion. It was it. done. He just tore it up. And he's like, you're not going back there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to go back there. And, you know, it was kind of like a huge debate between us. Because yeah. in my mind was, uh, this you're wanting is my to get future. Your career this off is, the ground. I want to do music. Mm. This is my future. And in my dad's mind is, you are going to die. You are going to die if you go out there. You mm. don't know what you're getting yourself into. And to be fair... He was right. Yeah. If I had gone there in that mentality, in that state of mind, I'd probably do everything that I shouldn't be doing. Mm. And so, so there that was stopped. a real safety yeah, in what your dad was doing for you. 
And it's to the point where I was like, Peter, my dad said no. I was crying and sobbing. Peter flew to Samoa. Dad said no. He went back, flew back to Samoa like two months later. Dad says no. And then dad was like, if you ever come back here to try and get my daughter, I'm going to put you in jail. And Peter was like, okay, it's pretty clear that he doesn't want you to Mm -hmm. be doing this. And just he just kind of just left it be as yeah. it was. And then I was really sad and depressed about it. Mm. But I was like, why am I not of age? Mm. You know, but that's I, I think trust your parents when they tell you what's good for you. Yeah, um, absolutely. Especially when you're at that age where you yeah. make drastic decisions. Mm. And so like I think 10 years down the road and then moving here in New Zealand, I thought I should probably do it again. Yeah, um, get back into music. I need a again. job anyway, yeah. and uh, I was like, and I like doing this, and people just casually do it. Mm. So I'm like, I'll go do it. Yeah, again, at least this time I'm of age, <laughs> <laughs> and I could decide for myself. Yeah, yeah. And so here we are. Yay! And rolling with it again. <laughs> so you've now, so you had a break from it for a bit. Life happened, and you've. Uh, now moved to New Zealand from that time when you were in Samoa and you're starting to pursue music again and um, you're coming alive again with the type of music you're creating which by the way I am such a punk rock girl that I love (laughs) your stuff I love it so much I have been listening to your track on repeat over the weekend um because it's such a vibe it's such a bop oh you're Um, awesome thank you but I definitely uh, want to delve into what it's been like for you as an adult coming back to this thing that you really love, coming back into music, also no- now knowing that you are dyslexic and ADHD. What has that been like this time around uh, with all the new things you have learned and grown in <laughs> over the years? Well, I think it's been quite beneficial <laughs> this time, this time around. I mean, I'm hey, sounds being, great. Being, being a grown up with a grown up ish brain, yeah. <laughs> sort of. At least, at least the awareness of being a grown up is there, is yep. present. And there's and no like, eating space muffins by accident. <laughs> yeah. And aware of the space muffins now yeah. too. Gotta gotta like smell that stuff now yeah. and be like, oh, that's triggering. Now it's it's good now. I think with the with the dyslexia part or where that memory bank situation was mm. playing in is now very beneficial to music because anybody right. who would pass me a script and be like, I need you to learn this song for me or do this song for me. It's yeah. it's so easy that I just jump in, listen to it once and be like, I got you. Mm-hmm. Just tell me which parts you want me in and I've got you. Right. And they were like, you're not going to learn the lyrics. And I was like, they're in there. Yeah. They're, they're like, I heard I them. Know, I heard there. you and your yeah. voice is playing in my head. So like, I'm yeah. not unhearing it. It's almost like a musical photographic memory. Ish, right. Sort of. But like, it was like more. Like that's, like, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool like, superpower. <laughs> I think it was like so built up out of like survival mode yeah that it somehow just stayed and i'm so grateful that it stayed because mm. now i could do things that i n- normally some people mm. won't be able to right and it doesn't make me any better than them it just mm. it just helps me a lot right in, in what i do mm. 
And with my ADHD, I suppose that's where your weird plays an authentic role in the music industry because everybody's got their own quirks. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sit there and be normal anymore with anybody. I'm like staring at a human being for a serious conversation and seriously spaced out somewhere. And then I could be like, I'm so sorry. I spaced out there for a moment without feeling stupid or bad. Yeah. You could just be very honest with them now. And they're just like, ah, no, I understand. It's okay. So I think knowing these things kind of help you navigate honestly around people. Right. So they're not sitting there thinking she's a snob yeah. or she's she's rude or anything. Because now yeah. you have an explanation for why you tend to space out. You don't mm. mean to be mean mm. sometimes. It just presents itself that way. And mm. it's good to be aware of it and just yeah. be like, I'm sorry. I've missed out on it all. <laughs> Speaking of missing out, I was just listening to um some... There was a music speaking thing that I was in yeah. and like literally fell asleep in the, and I was smack like right in the middle of it. <laughs> I fell asleep on my chair. I couldn't focus, yeah. but I did have my recorder on. So like, yeah. it's good to be aware of these yeah. That is good. And I mean, I'm like, at least you know, like, and you have put in processes and things yeah. to enable you to work with it. Um, I know even when we have conversations and you're like, I'm sorry, I'm not here. And I'm like, all good. And I just like, I'll wait until you come back or I'll just keep talking and then you'll pick up on where we are. Um, And it's actually great because even um, just being able to talk with each other and learn and grow from each other's um, different lived experiences has been awesome. But even sharing in the joy of moments and yeah. um, and even the camaraderie and some of the parts of our journeys that have been challenging and really hard to have um, em- to be able to empathize with each other over those things mm. has been so beautiful. Um, but in terms of um, like we were going off on a different tangent. So coming back to your music, um, your stage name is Mima Wilder and mm-hmm. you also have a band called Wilder. Yeah. Um do you want to share with our viewers a bit of what that journey has been like? Uh as the the name or the uh, uh the name or even just how it came about. Ah, okay. I mean, I love the sto- the name I, of the story. I tried uh, I wanted to simplify it down because like New Zealand's are mainly English speaking people. Right. And I thought I'd because if I went with Vaimwana to Mema Sisinga, people would be like, Vaimwana Tamima Sisiga. Yeah. And like, there, there's a lot of explanations, <laughs> <Not> the <Siga. laughs> explanations to how to say, yeah. you know, one's name. But my family calls me Mema. And I thought, mm. oh, Mema's simple. It's as simplified as my name could get. Yeah. And um, my mom was like, what's wilder? And like, well, when I was young, I used to have this recurring dream. And it's strange because I, and it's a good dream. I yeah. have several recurring bad dreams yeah but this is, would be one of the greatest ones yeah i just like i'm sleeping on my bed and this is my dream i'm dreaming that i'm seeing me sleep yeah and there's a window outside and there's always a black unicorn there mm-hmm. and normally the when the black unicorn is there it's sort of fending away all the bad dreams right so when i see a black unicorn in my dreams i know i'm gonna have a good sleep like, I'm not going to wake up freaking out or yeah. whatever. I have a nature of doing that. Like, I'm up out of bed freaking yeah. out, screaming. <laughs> I don't know why. 
<laughs> but it happens. Yeah. And so I looked up uh, black unicorns or terms for black unicorns, mm. and they're called wilder, right. or known as the lone unicorns or the the untamed unicorn. Mm. So I thought, Mema Wilder, that sounds like a great I stage name. <laughs> and along the lines, like maybe a month in with that new title, and someone was like, uh, introducing Mema Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> so I felt like the whole purpose there was defeated, but now it's good because you're yeah. kind of like, it's easy to kind of just explain that because that yeah. was a lot less more complicated than compared to the whole Samoan yeah. game. And then when I met my band, we started, we were going under Mimba Wilder. They were doing yeah. music for me as I'm right. writing all the songs and things like that. And then over time, we were starting to collaborate. Like, um, you know, band members were pitching in music. Right. And we were sort of having this great collaboration. And I thought only fair that we make this a, an official band rather mm. than just under my name. Because right. now we're, ooh, we're right. shifting towards um, collective creativity. Yeah. And I thought this was great. But we got really lazy. We were so invested in the music that we just like, we just went, we'll just take off them and we'll just call it Wilder. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's Which got, is still cool. Like, it's got five letters and there are yeah. five of us. Just make up a word to your letter. What would be really cool for people to know is the where to. Like, what is your hopes and your dreams and aspirations around you as an artist as in, in terms of you as a singular artist and Mimma Wilder, and then you and your band as Wilder. Ooh, goals and aspirations. That's that's pretty. That's a really great question, actually. I would love to do this for the rest of my life. Actually, right. um, it's. I feel like I've been asked that question a lot. Like, mm. where where do you aim to be? It's there's really really no direction rather than the now of it. I think for me is just to play more. Um, keep making music more and make it a living mm. rather than having to be like I don't want to be like I want to be like this person in the future mm. like it's not really in my head that way right I mean I think I'm just feeling like I really love what I do and I want to keep doing what I do mm. and I don't want it to stop right like we are uniquely who we are and we're the type of people we've become from our surroundings, from mm. the people around us. And I think as Samoans, a lot of the time we're raised to like be good girls, go to church, go to work, provide for the family, focus on the family. Um, and so when you come into a Western mindset and those two things clash at times mm. and you realize, realize – uh, you realize you have bits of quirky mixed with bits of weird in there. I think it's, there's, they're almost, you need to give yourself permission to be okay with being different. Yeah. And be okay with um, just loving the skin you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really Absolutely. important. Um, so before we wrap up, because uh, we've talked about your journey in music, we've talked about ADHD and dyslexia, and we've talked about how you've navigated that from your childhood to now. What final thoughts do you have around what you do as an artist and something you'd like to leave with our listeners and viewers? Um, I think that but I think 
I don't, I wouldn't see, I know. But for everything that you are, all the good or the bad, despite what your mind is telling you or what other people are telling you, what feels right for you is definitely right for you. Mm. Be who you are. Just be who you are fully. Mm. And you'll find that everything that needs to be in your life starts falling into place for you. And it's weird because it's just a very scary faith operation type situation. But if you learn to just have faith in the unknown and just roll with it, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? The the whole thing that I have taken from this kōrero and this talanoa is that it's okay to be unique and um, being different isn't a bad thing either. Mm. And sometimes you need to allow those differences to be what leads you and guide you into different seasons of your life. So yeah, I am so thankful you came on to talk about the way of the song and what it's been for you and the journey of it, um, the highs, the low, and the beauty. Like there are so many beautiful collisions that happen within this space for you. And I'm so excited to see what the future holds for you. And you. yeah, I if you guys have really enjoyed this um, episode and you want to hear more of Mima's stuff, you can find her on Spotify and YouTube. There's YouTube. There's okay, Apple. but definitely on Spotify under Mima Wilder and her band Wilder as well. Um, so yeah, we'll check it out. It'll be in the description boxes below. But yeah, absolutely love her stuff. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I really thank you appreciated so much for this me. I appreciate chat. And just before it ends up, it's the periodic table. <laughs> the it's science. The periodic table. That was fucking you the whole back. time, yes. eh? It yeah. came back. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of The Link Up. If you have any questions for us or any feedback or even if you want us to perhaps hit some topics that we haven't yet hit, Email us at info at thelinkup.co.nz or DM us via our social media pages on TikTok or IG. Um, but until next episode, we will see you later. It's all fast so Proudly brought to you by Blue Wave TV. Fui Maono Martin Anai, executive producer and host, Anisha Ipanisa. Producers, Ryan Batsumaka, Hannah Schmidt, Daisy Dean Anai. Director, podcast and content creator, Anisha Ipinesa. Editing, Ryan Batsumaka. Ryan Batsumaka. In set design, Daisy Dean Anai, Ryan Batsumaka, Hannah Schmidt, Anisha Ipinesa. Original music, Lightsaber. Special thanks to our production company, Blue Wave TV.